local Hyundai showroom. A Balfour's in one hand and your team's colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. Afternoon, two minutes past three. Welcome to our Hump Day edition of Kimbo on the Roach, live from Studio Lumo here at Number One King William Street in the city. It's currently fourteen point five degrees outside, a little chilly, but it'll be warming up tomorrow. A big thank you to our friends at Hyundai, IGA Supermarkets, how the locals like it, and Brasilia Coffee. More on Brasilia Coffee next week, Roach, or maybe. Right now, I can tell you, stay grounded. Make the perfect cup of coffee with Brasilia Coffee. Here's the Rooch. What's the matter, you? Hey, got no respect. Hey. What do you think you do? Why you look so sad? Why? It's a not so bad. It's a nicer place. I shut up your face. That's my mama. Can Hello, uh, Mickey. Are you happy now? Hello, Kim. Hello, everyone. Mm-hmm. You see, my persistence in not paying up with your coffees has brought corporate Australia to my aid. Brasilia is on board to help me. It's got absolutely nothing to do with you. Rubbish. Rich. They're disgusted with you. Rubbish. You haven't I've promoted the them for so long. Uh, no, you haven't. But uh, <laughs> a big welcome aboard to Brasilia Coffee. We'll talk, tell you more about them uh, next week, Oh, Rich. now you're going to have so much coffee, you won't need the ones I owe you. Uh, I will be getting the 15 you owe me because you are the tightest bloke in the world. And you need to stump up. Uh, looking forward to today's show, Roach. Before we go any further, though, we should remind people that we have Kimba and the Roach's Melbourne Cup sweepstakes thanks to IGA Supermarkets, how the locals like it. They've got uh, Brasilia. Yes, they do. Yes. Yes, they've got it on their shelves, Brasilia coffee. Do. Uh, don't be misled by the name, Roach. It's Italian coffee. See, 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 see. You didn't know that. <laughs> I don't care how they roast it as long as they keep you happy with it. Well, they will. As long as you're happy with coffee, then I'm happy. They won't be in here making it for us, over Pity. So Pity. You, you owe 15, all right? Ah. Let's, let's move along. Uh, if you want to be part of our Melbourne Cup sweepstakes, it's only a few weeks away. Um, all you have to do is listen to this cue to call. And when you hear that, if you're one of the first five callers through, only one entrant per phone number, Roach. So if you've got five phones in your house, you can get every member of the family. You have. That's why ASIO's on to you. I don't know why you have so many phones still, Roach. Well, so that I don't miss a call. But you don't, you don't answer half of them. But I don't miss the call. Anyway, we'll be doing that uh, within the next hour. So stay listening. Uh, keep the phone nearby. The number's one three hundred seven three six seven three six, And you'll be in the sweepstakes. First prize, $500 if you, you draw the horse that wins the Melbourne Cup. If you come second, it's a $200 voucher. Third, a $100 voucher. All thanks to our good friends at IGA. All righty, the show today, 3.35, Roach. We'll be joined by one of the great characters of the WBBL, Gemma Barsby, of course, daughter of. Daughter of. Crickets. <laughs> ah. We spoke to her last week and you made out like he was his, your best friend. Tre- oh, no. <laughs> it's come back to you. No, I was just. Yeah, no, it's fine. No, very good. No, I remember it was Trevor last week. Yeah, it's still Trevor now. I was wondering why all of a sudden you're asking it as a second time round. Oh, do not turn that around. It was a segue for you to oh, mention okay. a famous right. father. Yes, fair enough. Trevor, yes, like last week. It's Trevor, yes. <laughs> oh, you come That's on. why you brought it up again. You, Roach, don't even try that. You've got away with that rubbish for years. No. You forgot his day. Yeah, 
reversing, reversing, big time. Well, in case people didn't hear oh, it last week, Roots, idea. that's how it works, right you dimwit. All right, don't send texts. We love each other. Uh, so that's at 3.35 after the Strikers defeated uh, Melbourne Stars yesterday. Um, you're back with me, Roach? Yes. 4pm, Ebony O'Day will be joining us. Why is Eb joining us? Because she designed the Pride Jumper for Port Adelaide, Kim. Oh, beautiful, which is this week. Pride round, isn't it? Round nine, yes. Round nine. Gee, only one game to go after that. Uh, wonderful looking Guernsey. In the press release, they say Guernsey. What, what, what do we say? I've never called it a Guernsey. Depends which state you're in, Guernsey or Jumper. Well, we're Jumper, aren't we? Oh, I'm confused now as to which states. There's which I never grew up saying, oh, a Guernsey. Mm. as a footy jumper. Mm. Uh, you can have your say on that if you've got nothing better to do or you're bored to death. Uh, 0427-154-166. Yeah. So the Ebster will join us at 4pm and at 4.35, Roach, we're heading to Delhi. Well, Barat is there, isn't he? Oh, glad you're on top of that. Yes, yes Australia. there. Sorry, it was a segue to say Australia, Australia taking on the Netherlands. Yes, Roach. which will lock us into the top four, hopefully, Kim. Yes, beautiful. Sad well, news of overnight is that England got off the bottom of the table, the defending champs. Well, They're I think now we, ninth. We can live with that. Bangladesh has gone down to yes. the bottom. All right, we'll get into that as we go around the grounds, Roach. There's a bit to talk about. Are you up and about? Are you all right? Yes, I am. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I am. All right, not convincing. Uh, all right, take us through last night's game then because it was South Africa and Bang- uh, Bangladesh. South yes. Africa wins. Quinton de Kock in rare form. As South Africa made 382 for five, and Bangladesh responded with 233, so they lost by 149 runs. Mm. Quinton pretty well did that in all on himself, didn't well, he? Well, he made 174. That's a uh, fair bit of it. Here he is when he hit his uh, 150. <laughs> Up and over, is it? Yes, it is, just. Up comes the 150 for Quinton de Kock for the third time in his ODI history. Yeah, not bad. Very impressive. Uh, this is uh, De Kock talking about the victory. To be honest, I'm a bit more tired than satisfied. Um, but no, it was a great day out for the guys. Um, I think we all played really well. Everyone did their part. So it's nice to get another two points on the board. Yes, and that's what Australia will be looking for when mm. they play the Netherlands. So then it would leave India unbeaten on five wins. Mm. Ten points. You can lock them into the semis, can't you? I think you can. South Africa is now second with eight points because them in. of their net run rate being superior to New Zealand, who mm-hmm. also have eight points. They're both four and one. Australia's played one less game, two and two. Should hopefully be three and two, six points, and then have space against Pakistan. No, New Zealand. Oh, sorry, yeah, but we have New yeah. Zealand the following game. I said that. South mm. Africa and New Zealand are locked at two and three, but we need Australia now to get two points Clear of Pakistan tonight. Mm. Uh, no, I was just saying the following game yeah, yeah, we play yeah, New, New yeah. Zealand as well. All right, so a uh, number of texts coming through already. Uh, remiss of me, I should have got to it. We'll do a nearest the pin, Roach. Off of tonight's big Tonight's game, game yes. against the Netherlands. All right, so the, the question, we'll keep it very simple this week. All right, who wins, Australia or the Netherlands, and how many runs will Australia make? Now, the bandit from Finland's already sent through a text. <laughs> this is for a $100 IGA voucher. Mm. All right, $100. You can buy a lot of goodies for that, a lot of food. Uh, nearest the pin, the bandit says Aussies will win and will make 398 runs. We'd be happy with that, wouldn't we? Ooh, 398. score. Yep, that'll be our best score for the uh, for the score. Cup so far. All right, so keep the text coming through. 0427 154 166. Roots, can I say 
sanity has prevailed at the AFLW tribunal last night. Brittany Goodneck was up there for rough conduct, uh, a minimum of three games she was set to get, but it was overturned. Even with the AFL tribunal chairman trying to pretty well lay it that there was a duty of care aspect on this one again, but the tribunal panel then decided, no, the tackle was fine in the context of what was going on. And and the defence of, well, if I didn't run hard and tackle hard, as Brittany put forward, mm. the kick was going out of the area. So she did exactly what was expected of it. it was We're talking about, again, players playing the game and then they're being called up to a tribunal because of the consequence of their action. Now, here's the key point for me, Kim. If you're sent to the tribunal direct... Mm. That means it's like it should be clear cut that this is what the AFL wants stamped out. If you if you strike someone with a king hit, you should be going to the tribunal, Simple. mount your defence to yep. explain your actions, but you're going to cop the penalty. There usually should be if you're sent there direct, it's a clear cut case that you're in trouble. If we're now getting the match review officer seeing it in that way, but the tribunal not, where is this game at? Well, it shows how confused they are. No doubt. Incredibly no confused, at all. and uh, we've got it wrong on times when we think we've been right, and vice versa. But gee, I, I just thought that was a very—it's a very integral so part what, of the game. We spoke about it when Holman, I think it was the year before, had the rundown tackle right by the boundary. Yeah, the Gold Coast game. Yeah, yeah. and he was brought down, and his head hit the ground. Well, it's because he was tackled. Well, if we get rid of the rundown tackle, fair dinkum, the game starts to come. To a which then boring. we can go back to the start of the year because we were divided on McAdam as a game. We were divided on mm. McAdam. We were now. Here's the key point, Kim. At what point do we suspend players purely for their actions? And at what point do we say, no, we will take it further and do it with consequences as well? Where's, where's the line? Where's the needle finally going to rest on this one? I don't know. I think that was the right result last night. And yet next week it, there could be another one know, and there could be a totally different If it different was a verdict. tackle where there was a sling and there were two actions and the hands were pinned, I think we're more comfortable with that nowadays unless the player is throwing their head into the ground, which yeah. they've been doing to milk the free kicks. But surely once you see it, you know, not so much live, you can tell that they're doing that when they dip their head forward. But I just thought that was real common sense so, which prevailed. So we had two extremes at this tribunal where the argument was from the AFL – seeking, or the mm. AFLW, seeking a suspension that you are going to be held accountable for the consequences of your action. Like this, it was, it was almost as if this was a murder trial. You're going to have to answer for having, you know, concussed a player. And yet the other side, the defence is, well, hang on, this is a pure football action. Yeah, and that's what we talked about earlier. You can't litigate against accidents. It was a well-executed tackle. But we're all over the shop with I this know. in football. I, I agree with you. Hey, here is Fox Sports' uh, Ruby Schlesher, I hope I've got that name right, who uh, commentates in the AFLW on the good neck tackle. I thought it was an excellent tackle. I was actually commentating the game at the time for Fox Footy and uh, my co-commentator, Meg McDonald, who's a defender for Geelong in the Women's League, we both went, that is a fair tackle. We re-watched the incident and we thought that is just a massive crunching tackle. Common but, sense prevails. But we know it was a fair tackle because she won the holding the ball decision. Didn't she? Well, that doesn't matter. So did Tom Jonas. Exactly. And, and, this, is, and well. this is where the game's in a real mess, Kim. Yeah, there's it a lot, is a massive mess. There's a lot of confusion out there, Roach. We are here thanks to Brasilia Coffee. Stay grounded. Make the perfect cup of coffee with Brasilia Coffee. We'll take a break, Roach. And when we come back, there's movement at the station at Channel 7. That's the station. We'll tell you what's happening. Have you worked next. for 7?
Yes, I have. I work for all of them. Oh, I couldn't <laughs> come back coming. No. The all-new Hyundai Kona is here. Bigger and bolder. Discover more at your local Hyundai showroom. A Balfour's in one hand and your team's colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots. On a Wednesday afternoon, 14.2 degrees outside. Big thank you to Hyundai, the all-new Hyundai Kona. Imagine to be bold. We'll be doing a live broadcast tomorrow, Rooch, out at Nailsworth Hyundai. Oh, near your old stamping ground. Prospect Oval. Yes. yes. Just, well, it's virtually across the street, isn't it? Well, it is, Rooch. Just yes. a drop punt for me. <laughs> Left foot. <laughs> all right. We're if you were kicking it there, no wonder they got rid of you. What do you mean? Kicking it out of bounds? No, to the car yard. Oh, yeah, out of bounds. Yeah. No. Kicked 8 3 from centre there. I One know, I've bridge. heard it so often. <laughs> there you go, you've heard it again. <laughs> no, I'm looking forward I to love the trip my, there. I love my modesty. So they do a good rich. coffee there. They do. I can get you a coffee there. Yeah, that doesn't count. <laughs> you put your hand in your pocket. Hey, there's uh, enough waffle. Uh, movement at the station. Well, this one's taken many by surprise. Oh, really? Well, it when, when it first was revealed that. Tom Brown was leaving Channel 7's mm-hmm. football desk in Melbourne to go to Sydney to do the corporate thing with Andrew Pridham, who's the Sydney Football Club president, good yes. friends with Jeff Brown, the Collingwood president. And you looked at all the names that were being put up. It was the atypical Melbourne looking at Melbourne. Yeah, well, Mitch but Cleary the, was the heir apparent. And deserves it. Mm. The work that he's put in since he left our network yep. to go and work at 7, he has been exceptional. But uh, so very very polished too. I might say. Yeah, I, I like Mitch Cleary. He's yep. very very respectful. He'd been my favourite footy reporter that's out there. Uh, but uh, Theodropoulos has yes from seven in Adelaide to seven in Melbourne. Yeah, so uh, originally playing cricket over in WA, then played for South Australia as well. And uh, he'll he was... be able to go to Carlton matches now. Is that's he... his team, Carlton, Carlton isn't yeah. it? Oh, I thought he was having a bromance with the Texan. Oh no, he likes to play golf with. Taylor. Yeah. Taylor, yeah. No, but good luck to Theo. I think yeah, well a good job. It's a big opportunity to get over there. And the, um, we might get, get some smoke. of the television reports that come out of the East now with greater balance as well, Kim. No, no. Greater be, understanding no, of what no, it's no, like no, outside no. of Melbourne. Oh, I don't think you'll get a lot of say there. You'll, uh, you'll have to please the, uh, the Nothing power annoys breakers. me more than that interstate rubbish. Who's, uh, as a respected journalist, Roach, or an experienced one, take your pick. <laughs> Just say Doyen because that means old. Does it? Oh, as the Doyen of I'll never forget it when Mike Coward one time was introduced as the Doyen of cricket writers. Mm-hmm. And he is a wordsmith, so he knows exactly what words mean. He said, thank you for introducing me as an old bastard. <laughs> he was very uh, articulate, wasn't he? Great voice. And, all right, Rich, let's get into a few other things that are happening at the moment. Yes. There's a... Uh, there's a, a Cross-code war going on at the moment between the ARL, or the NRL and the AFL at the moment. But look at the two, the two names mentioned in this little brouhaha. Well, there's more than just two that wow, are involved. Wow, there's two former premiers, aren't yeah, there? Yeah, Peter Beattie from Queensland and... Jeff um, Kennett. 
from Hawthorne and Victoria. He, he's had a bit to say, but it's all over the yes. NRL heading off to Las Vegas. What could go wrong? And uh, there'll be things that happen over there, Rooch. Um, <laughs> but their advertising over there is about that um, the NRL is the biggest sport in Australia. And the argy-bargy that's been going back and forth between New South Wales and Queensland and Melbourne the last couple of days is absolutely huge. But and how do they define that they're the biggest code? How? Well, it's based on the fact that they're venturing over to Las Vegas. But uh, people well, we went are... to China. We've been to New Zealand. We've yeah. played games in the US with, you know, promotional games. So who who is the biggest code? Because if you read, there's four pages of it. I don't want to read it all. I can say, Roach, on crowd average on 2023, the AFL average crowd was 37,683. Well, I'll it, give you the metrics. Well, hang on. I'll oh, you're not interested in mine. No, I thought, well, that's what you wanted, didn't you? Well, I just metrics? thought I'd give you the, yeah. the crowd averages. Yeah. And you've got other stuff, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, I have. Well, are you going to let me finish? Go on. Very kind of you. The AFL crowd average for 2023 is 37,683. The NRL average crowd is 19,186. A BBL average crowd is 16,720. An A-League average crowd is 7,544. And uh, an NBL crowd is 6,303. So on that metric, the AFL is far superior. By attendances, yeah. Yeah, by attendances. What have yeah. you got? Well, if you go through the metrics that people look up when you go and do sponsorship, is they want to know how many people are interested in your sport. Well, mm. attendance is one way to do it. So the AFL is twice the number of NRL, basically two yep. to one. But you can then argue, well, you can still be interested in the sport, but not attend it. Like... In Adelaide, I'm a South Sydney sport. I can't get to a South Sydney game here in Adelaide, mm. can I? But I still have an interest. Okay. So membership's another way of then showing, because you can be a member from anywhere. Well, AFL membership to NRL membership, there's a four to one ratio there. There are four times as AFL. many AFL members as there are NRL members. So, so it's two ticks for the AFL. Yep. Participation-wise, the AFL has twice as many participants. Oh, sorry, I shouldn't say the AFL. I should say Australian football has twice as many participants as rugby league does. It's more important to realise they're sports rather than leagues. But that doesn't put them in the top echelon there because they're way behind swimming, soccer, cycling, basketball, athletics and cricket. All right. I'm going to let you dissect that and give us an ultimate answer. All right. After this break, Rooch. So is there a definitive most popular sport in Australia? Rooch is going to tell us right after this break. We're here thanks to IGA Supermarkets, how the locals like it. The all-new Hyundai Kona is here. Bigger and bolder. Discover more at your local Hyundai showroom. A Balfour's in one hand and your team's colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. Thirty. That's news time. We're in the fertiliser. Rooch, we're here thanks to IGA Supermarkets. How the locals like it. Uh, Rooch will give his definitive answer after the news and after we speak to Gemma Barsby about what sport is Australia's number one sport. And I don't think it's NRL. Uh, here's a text, Rooch. Gee whiz, Roochie, you butt in more than my missus. Let him have his say. Yay, a little bit of support there. Uh Michelangelo, how much to pay to get Dylan to shut up once and for all about the 15 coffees? Everyone is so over it. Uh, he was dishonest about winning most anyway. Rick, I was not, Rick. Ooh. It was 17 and he paid two. Ooh. I'm going to sue you, Rick. Um, Gee, that's very, and very then, aggressive. And, and then, yes, yeah. Come on, Rick, lighten up. Uh, which, no, I meant on your part. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sue someone. 
Well, why not, Ruth? No. Everyone, everyone's doing it. Uh, which Melbourne club bins will Theo be oh, going no, that's through? That's from harsh. Louis. That's a bit harsh. I'm not getting involved in that. And then the last one before we go to the news. Good luck to the dropkick Doropolis, the bloke who got a port player suspended. Oh, I'm not reading that out either. Mario, you're very mischievous. It's 3.31. The all-new Hyundai Kona is here. Bigger and bolder. Discover more at your local Hyundai showroom. A Balfour's in one hand and your team's colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots. Three thirty-five on a Wednesday afternoon. Big thank you to Hyundai, the all-new Hyundai Kona. Imagine to be bold. Love their support and that of IGA Supermarkets supporting women in sport. Just quickly before we get to our next guest, Roach, we're doing a nearest the pin. Who wins tonight between Australia and the Netherlands, and what score will Australia make? Uh, stack of text coming through. This one says Australia to win and to score two hundred and thirty-six. So you've got to be thinking this one out. If Australia bats first, yes, you'd expect them to just put up the highest score imaginable. You would hope. Right. What right. would that be, Rich? Well, somewhere in the three hundreds. Okay, but if they're batting second and chasing the Netherlands score, and the bowlers have done mm. their job, it will be a lower score. Yes. so you've it's got very, to very good. think this one through. Well, I had someone. I'll get to it. Someone said earlier Australia to win and a score of one hundred and twenty-nine. Well, it or might, something. It could be right. All right. Could be and right. And, Roach, uh, our next guest is waiting patiently. She's a very patient young lady, though. Um, you're about to tell us what is Australia's premier sport, all right, because code. of this code, okay. because of this brouhaha between the NRL and the AFL at the moment. Mm. All right. Here's a text that's come through. Number one sport, approximately 3.5 million people surf in Australia. Yeah. Yeah. That's so that's why we've got to be careful. Are we talking about a sport or a code? Now, they're arguing about their codes. Which okay. one is the bigger All code? Right. Well, after we speak to our next guest, who is Gemma Barsby, who is captain of the Scorpions and a star for the Strikers. And part of one of Australia's biggest sports, too, cricket. Cricket as well. I'll be interested where you rank uh, that, Roach. Um, the Strikers defeated the Melbourne Stars yesterday. Uh, Gemma got her money pretty easy, I think. Didn't have to do much. Hello, Gemma. Oh, that's harsh. <laughs> well, you didn't, you didn't even have a bat, did harsh. you? Well, didn't need to. She was ready to come in. You <laughs> were ready go. to come in, weren't you, Gemma? But you weren't needed. No, thankfully I wasn't needed. I had to quickly uh, rush to the change room to go get my pads mm-hmm. to quickly chuck them on, but well, I finished it off, which was yeah, nice. Well done. Now, uh, Jim, we spoke a, a couple of weeks ago, a week or two ago, and uh, it was a delightful chat. And then lo and behold, I was watching one of my favourite racing shows, Get On. I'm sure you've heard <laughs> about this. Now, when there was the launch, I think it was the uh, of the WBBL, was it each captain, was it the launch for the WBBL? Yeah, it was for the WBBL, so I was one of the, um, yeah, our, I guess, person to go down there. It was meant to be Darcy, but obviously she got injured, so I had to quickly fly down there and, and do the launch for us and, yeah, now got all, set a challenge. Yeah, now, did all the captains have to draw something out of a hat and you were given a challenge? Tell us how it all unfolded, because our friend Jason Richardson was the butt of your <laughs> joke. Yeah, that he was, unfortunately. Um, yeah, so we, at the start, we had to pull out either a truth or dare and, uh, yeah, I got a dare, and it was to try and peg as many pegs onto people as possible throughout the the launch. And yeah, he was an easy target. Obviously, being in a suit, um, you couldn't really feel anything. So when he was uh, announcing um, the launch, I was standing behind and putting as many 
little pegs on him as possible, and yeah, I actually got quite a few onto him. Yeah, I was starting to think he was enjoying it because you whacked about ten pegs on there. He didn't even move. All right, let's get into business. Reasonable start for the Strikers. You're the defending champions. Uh, started with a win. Uh, then a loss to the Renegades and uh, a quite comfortable win against Melbourne Stars, who now fetch, feature Meg Lanning. Is Meg with them for the first time? Yeah, well, uh, no, she, she's played with them before. So she went um, Stars and then went to the Scorchers and now ah, right. back at the Stars. So, yeah, she's come back after, obviously, a bit of time off, um, getting herself right. So um, it's good to see her back playing cricket. Gemma, as a bowling group, you'd have to be happy, wouldn't you? The way in which you didn't let any big partnerships emerge early on. Virtually everyone getting yeah. a wicket. It's a, that is a team effort as bowlers. Yeah, we've definitely got a, um, a very good bowling lineup and have gone very well over mm. the first three games, especially bowling the Stars out for 29 in the first game. I think yeah. it's still a bit of a shock for <laughs> yeah. a lot of us. But, um, yeah, we've done, we've done really well and, unfortunately, yeah, lost against... Renegades where we probably didn't feel great and then um, just weren't, weren't able to execute with the bat. So, Gemma, when you're bowling so well as a group, who's who's working out who bowls when and how? Uh, pretty much Talia and then Megan Short as well. They work uh, very well together to have yeah. little signals of who, ah. uh, who they should come on to bowl and stuff. So they work very well together and, yeah, it's pretty seamless of who they pick to bowl at what time. Okay. Now, t- uh, talking of shooter, we speak to quite regularly over the past five years since we've been doing this show, and uh, I'm not saying she's turning back the clock, but she is up and about at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's loving it. She loves um, putting on the, the blue for the Adelaide Strikers, and, yeah, we're lucky to have her, and I'm glad she's in, enjoying it and, and going well. She has to bowl the tough overs for us, mm. and um, she gets the job done, which is nice. Just having a look at some of the results, Brisbane Heat looks to be in good form this year. Yeah, they've had, obviously, in T20 cricket, you just really need one person to have a really good game. And, obviously, Grace Harris at the moment is um, mm. seeing him like watermelons. So, um, yeah, she's been going well. And Courtney Sipple's been taking a lot of wickets. So, yeah, they've had a good start, but it's a long season and their form can change pretty quickly. There's that rivalry <laughs> with Brisbane at the moment. <laughs> yes, you got to thank Shooter for that one. Oh, yeah, we do. We, did. we, we had do. her on. She, she didn't hold back yeah, either. Well. She doubled down. <laughs> yeah, she still doesn't. She's uh, happily yeah, speaker speaker mind. That's for sure. Well, as an outsider, don't sit on the fence. Is it? It, it sounds like it's real. <laughs> why, why is there this animosity between the two states or the franchises? No, it's quite, yeah, it's quite funny to be honest. Obviously, being in probably in the middle of knowing a few of the the Heat girls, and obviously being a part of the Strikers now. Still chat to a few of the Heat girls and they get riled up still about Ooh. about it. They always like to bring in the little jabs of being like, "Oh yeah, you guys think we're arrogant." So it's quite funny. <laughs> I just sit back and just let it let it be. Yeah, it's very so, very funny. So who you got in game four? Who's next? Uh, we got Hobart Hurricanes in Brisbane. So we just landed in Brisbane and checked into the hotel just then. So we play uh, Friday afternoon in, in Brisbane. So they'll be yeah they'll be a really tough opposition where. They have those people that can really take the game away. But, um, yeah, I think we hopefully can get over the line. Okay, Gemma, everyone in sports says if you stand still, you get overtaken. So there's always something to work on. What's on the agenda? Yeah, absolutely. Um, especially in T20 cricket, where, yeah. or in cricket in general, it can bring you down back to reality pretty quickly with mm. obviously how it just showed with us in game one how we, were, we bowled a team out for 29 and then lost the next game. So we just need to continue to, to be brave and take the game on. Um, we see in the last two games, the bold teams have bowled a lot more spin, so mm. pace off the ball. So mm. um, 
we need to be able to have good plans to combat that and then obviously continue to bowl well. Now, to execute your plans, you need a good night's sleep. Do you have a roomie or do you get, all get separate rooms? Uh, no, well, the captain gets their own room and then, oh. um, yeah, then you get you get roomie. So, um, yeah, I've lucked out and got shooter So <laughs> uh, for this trip. So, <laughs> no, nah, she's good. She's super chill, loves her own space, so we just kind of just switch off and... Um, yeah, do our own thing, really. Well, sleep is important. Gemma, we wish you all the very best against Hobart. We appreciate your time. No worries. Thanks, guys. Uh, absolutely. They're pleasure. well, aren't they? Yeah, all thanks to IGA Supermarket supporting women in sport. Uh, I asked that question, Roots, because I remember the early days in the AFL when it was semi-professional and there'd be three players in the one room and oh, yeah. and uh, yeah. people having trouble sleeping and yes. snoring and, and whatever, but mm. uh, obviously sport is a lot more professional now. Stack of text the coming through, Roots. hierarchy Rich. system in cricket as well. Oh, yeah. So the captain, captain. gets the old room. Mm. Not a captain and vice-captain, but captain Just alone. Just captain, Tommy yeah. McGrath. Uh, right. G'day, fellas. Australia to win and to score 348. Enjoy the week. That's from Peter. Good right. luck, Pete. $100 IGA voucher up for grabs nearest the pin. That's fair to say someone assuming Australia will bat first. Well, yeah, we're, we're, all right, Roach. Uh, we built this up, so we'll go to yeah. a break. Okay, we'll go to so a break. Again, we stress we're talking about the biggest code. Yeah, and you'll explain your metric as to what is yep. the biggest code, the big, yep. which is the biggest sport. Well, sport, you know there are bigger sports than one code of football. Like swimming is huge. Yeah, but, but you're just trying to define this. So we're, all, we're just basing it because Peter Beattie as the lead commissioner for mm. the NRL, and there's this big billboard now that's going up in Las Vegas to promote that the NRL is coming. They're saying they're Australia's biggest sporting code. Not Australia's no, 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 no. They're saying the biggest sport in Australia. There it is there. Biggest sport in Australia. No, I read the billboard saying sporting code. See, the NRL claimed the NRL was the country's biggest code. Well, I think I think That's the signage says the biggest sport in Australia. There it is there, mm, Root. Depends no, which the, article you read. Well, all right, I'll, says code. I'll let you explain it all. People on the edge of their seat, mm. not. Uh, we're mm. live from Studio Lumo SA, thanks to IGA Supermarkets. Hyundai Kona is here, bigger and bolder. Discover more at your local Hyundai showroom. A Balfour's in one hand and your team's colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. Fifty, Kimba on the reach with you. Thanks to Hyundai, the all-new Hyundai Kona. Imagine to be bold. Just a reminder, Beaumont Tiles is giving away a trip for two to American Footy's biggest game worth over $70,000. Just shop in-store at Beaumont's before November 12th and you're in with a chance. T's and C's apply. The well, gentleman there, that sent a text... There's no dispute on that, is there? That America's biggest sport game, sporting game, is the, is the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. Now, Rich, we had a text. A man was a little rude earlier, but that's his right to be annoyed that we talked about You're the coffee. You're not going to sue him. The coffee's too much. I should add a bloody coffee on what we were discussing before because we found the signage that is going up all around America and it clearly says Australia's biggest sport unleashed in Vegas. Biggest sport doesn't say code. Well, I'm reading Peter Beatty's quotes. Well, well, you, well, I showed you the other one before. You wouldn't have a bar of it. So, here, right. here we go, well, Roach. If, if they on. want to claim Australia's biggest sport, neither of them in the running. Well, and this is, we've got to, how do you define what makes a sport big? I would say it's through attendance, viewership, and revenue generated. Okay. So the AFL is two times the attendance of NRL on average. Right. 
so they're number one there. Yep. Membership, they're four times. They're number one there. Participation, they're two times on the NRL. So they're number one there. But neither sport is anywhere near the top for participation across Australia. We've got biggest sports in swimming. But that doesn't make soccer. it the biggest, though. No. Yeah. We've got cycling has more participation than football. Yeah, but that's a, as a sport or as a leisure activity. Well, now this is where the stats get so, interesting. But I think you understand what they're saying here. They're yeah. laying claim to being the most popular sport in Australia. If you want to then do what is in the media cycle in terms of television rights, mm-hmm. the AFL is way ahead of everybody mm. by the Australian Tennis Open in the sense of a context of one-off events. Yep. So you've got the AFL is looking at $1.3 billion a year in TV rights. The NRL is just above 400000 $400 sorry. So TV doesn't spend money unless there are going to be eyeballs on it. So that tells you they're well above the NRL for public attention. When you then do um, actual supporter numbers. So if you go around the nation mm. for supporter numbers, they're actually not that much a bigger, like, doubling or four times as much as there is a membership. The NRL's got 7.2 million fans around the nation mm-hmm. interest in clubs. So that's not the true AFL's membership. That's just a survey that not says, are you interested? Yeah, yeah. Right. Do you support a club? Yep. The AFL's 9.6 million. Okay, so it's not much of a big gap. But, but still if you're two going million to go, people. If you're going to go purely on the basis of which sport has the most attended, most watched, highest rated, most interest, most sponsorship – most members and most financial turnover, Australian football's miles ahead of the NRL. Okay, and that's a totally unbiased. Well, they, they, the numbers say the that. Fact, yeah. Now, what does rugby league have as an advantage over Australian football? They can go international. They can play an Australian team against the world. Mm. We can't in Australian football. But if you're talking about which sporting code is bigger, has the number one ranking, it's clearly Australian football. Clearly. So, so I'm not sure how Peter Beattie's going on. And he says, you, the AFL should be worried about the NRL's expansion plans. I know. Well, are and they, he's expanding, are they expanding in well? Adelaide? Are they no, expanding not, not in Tasmania? Yet. Not yet. Have they? I oh know they tried. How did it go? Not well. Hmm. But the, the AFL or the, the, the then VFL actually tried introducing the game over to America. That was a massive failure back in the Alan Aylett days. But that... But that's the same that argument we have though. about what happened in China. Like, you can argue you're never going to get teams playing in the US, Europe or Asia. But if you can get eyeballs through television rights mm. or get no different to – there are many people here in Australia who've got interest in the NFL, haven't they, Kim? Why? Because they promoted it so well on television. Yep. What was one of the big things that made English football so great for us when we were growing up is we – we'd see those highlights on a Saturday night or Sunday morning on the ABC. The, the power of television. What have you always said about what was the worst thing that could have happened for cricket, taking it off pay TV? Oh, the one days. What yeah, were, sorry, become, off free-to-air yeah, TV. Yeah, sorry, free to go air. to pay. Yeah. What, what hurt basketball in this nation when it lost free-to-air TV? Yep. So the power of television shouldn't be underestimated. Now, if you have a look at every metric of where the AFL has done extremely well to build itself, you do search engines which are telling you which sport is most searched in Australia. 
AFL's miles ahead of everyone. So that tells you people have interest. So they've been a bit mischievous. They've got plenty of publicity out of mm. it. And with Peter Beattie making these comments and Peter Valandi's jumping into it as well. As he always does. Yeah, as he does. Yeah, he doesn't mind a little bit of me, me, me time. Yeah. Uh, but the we are looking at the signage that is there in America. It says Australia's biggest sport unleashed in Vegas. Well, if there was going to be litigation, Rooch, let it begin. Why are you so eager to know. sue people at the moment? Litigious mood, you know, getting oh, close to holidays gosh. now, Rich. Hey, a lot of people having a crack. Well done. So that's just totally unbiased. That's just purely all the facts. Yeah, when you look at the codes. Yep. And look, you've you got to be careful. I, mean, I know people, and I get offended too, when people try to say AFL is Australian football. No, the sport is Australian football. AFL is a league. NRL is a league. Rugby league is the sport. Mm. But if you're talking about Australia's Biggest sports, and that's where this is rubbish, this ad. Yep. I mean, Australia's got huge in golf. It's huge in swimming. They're biggest sports. Participation sports. Absolutely. Biggest, did you find out the biggest participation sport? Though? Swimming. 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 Into but, pure... Cause the one no, that's one an, as an activity. No, swimming as participation is number one. If you yeah, want to do an activity, as it's walking. Well, we all yeah, walk. walk. Yeah, I know that. That's yeah. the same with the swimming, though. No, swimming actually participation. You go through the numbers, the Roy Morgan figures, swimming is number oh, no. one. I've got to find who sent that text there. No, no, I would say that would be through like exercise and participation, not as in competing. Oh, I'll drag up the Roy Morgan yeah, one. No, they, happy they, they, I'm happy to let you go I down think that the 14 includes, coffees, includes um, yeah, just the being a member of a swimming club. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, look, well, I can't argue with Roy Morgan. That's a pretty big well, accounting firm. That, well, come on, Roach, grow a set. I don't want them suing me. <laughs> I'd love that. Yeah. Uh, here we go. Nearest the pin. Hi, men. Uh, Australia, 343. Australia to win. That's from Mo. No one predicting a upset at this stage for the $100 IGA voucher. Afternoon, guys. Surely the biggest sport in Australia is swimming. Yeah, well, that's what I just said. Well, I'm just reading it out. Also, Australia to win and score 187 after batting second. Cheers from Alan from Alberton. Good on you, our pal. Well, here's the numbers, Kim. Swimming, participation, according to Roy Morgan. So yeah, I'm that's only participation. You... That's just people going for a swim or no, for no, exercise. No, this is based on being involved in clubs, swimming clubs and swimming events at swimming clubs. No, I don't buy it. Well, okay, we'll get Roy Morgan I on I want then. to see that. Oh, that's you ad-libbing. Well, there's the numbers there. Yeah, but you've ad-libbed around the numbers. That's like walking. <sighs> Sports mm-hmm. and it, no, I'll give you the numbers anyway. Just like that text message okay. is about swimming. Swimming numbers on participation: one point six nine seven million. Mm-hmm. Football comes in at well, soccer's. This is interesting. I would have thought soccer would have been more than this. Five hundred and seventy thousand. I would have thought it'd been in the past the million. Sure, mm, in schools, nearly everyone plays it now. Uh, this text is uh, very pertinent. Could nearly get a prize. Oh, my God. Is that the longest answer ever, Rucci? <laughs> well, we wanted to be. Uh, what's Mario got to say? The AFL copied the NRL with Gather Round. Volandis is a genius operator. Rucci is not. Thank you, Mario. Hello. Uh, someone's done a thumbs up there. We must have done something right. Hi, Kimbo and Rooch. Australia to win and score 377 runs. Jack in the Uber. Jack the Uber driver. I'm glad you're back in good health. We've missed you, Jack. Yes. Another one here. Fishing is a sport. Uh, it can be. It can be. It's also a pastime as well. Where uh, does chess rank in all this again? 
I'd look under boring. Australia win and they score 368. Tom from Mile End. Tommy thought he was going to win the other day. Good on you, Tommy boy. A couple of texts before the four o'clock news, Rooch. Australia to win and score 387. That's from Lucky Luciano. Breddy Boy says, G'day Kimbo with a thousand O's and Roochie, Rooch, 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 Rooch. <laughs> Nearest the pin, Aussies to win and to score 278. And Kimbo for the app cameras, I want you to give Roochie a big 15 second hug. I think that's what you two need to reestablish your working bond and camaraderie. If he goes for my ribs again, there won't be any bond. All right, look, I'll run around and do it on no. the. No, look, hey. Yes. Roach. Yes. We've got the Melbourne Cup sweepstakes. Yes. Coming up, all right. Whenever you hear the bugler, right, the bugler, ring the first five callers. Like, it could be happening right now. Get on the phones. Oh, oh dear. new Hyundai Kona is here. Bigger and bolder. Discover more at your local Hyundai showroom. A Balfour's in one hand and your team's colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. Three minutes past four, fair dinkum, Roach. We did the old Kimbo and Roach's Melbourne Cup sweepstakes. We did the uh, bugle call and the f- switchboard went absolutely crazy. So uh, no more calls there. You'll get another crack at it tomorrow. So another mo- five contestants go into the draw for the sweepstakes where you can win a $500 IGA voucher uh, if the horse you draw comes over the line first. $200 for second, mm. $100 third. Thanks to IGA Supermarkets, how the locals like it. Talking of IGA Supermarkets, Roots, supporting women in sport for great saves and local faves. Visit your nearest IGA. Before we get to our next guest, bit of news happening uh, over in the West in the AFLW program for the Eagles. So West Coast with their senior coach, Michael Pry, who oh. was a fair bit of trouble a week ago, wasn't it? Oh, it when he made, comment. he opened a press conference, Michael Pry by taking issue with West Coast being the wooden spoon at playing mm. Melbourne, the Premier. The inevitable happened, whereby he then had to apologise. Now, a week later, he's declaring he will not coach West Coast after the mm. season ends, which is in two weeks. It had to be more than just that comment, obviously, and they're not going that well, the Eagles at no. the moment. All right, no. let's move on to our next guest, Rich. You'll be looking forward to this. Our next guest was voted the Players' Player last year in the Port Adelaide Football Club program and has designed this year's Pride Round Guernsey slash Jumper. Some people call it a strip now, I'm not sure, but Ebony mm. O'Day joins us now. Hello, Eb. G'day, how you going? Not bad at all. I watched you on the news last night. I love the jumper. Thank you so much. Now, now what, what do you call it? Do you call it a Guernsey? What do you girls call it? I call it a Guernsey. We do have a bit of a mixed bag, but I think Guernsey is the most popular. But I've heard, yeah, Guernsey, jersey, jumper, strip, whatever. Now, <laughs> Shirt now is even the term around the place. Really? Yeah, people, oh, yeah. Come on, let's stick to jumper. What shirt you're wearing this week? Hey, Eb, you're obviously very creative. Uh, tell us why you were selected for this and how creative you are. Oh, I'm probably the least creative in my family. I come from a very artistic family. Um, but I originally made a hat for Pride Round last year, just a bit of a hobby. I collect hats. I got a lot of hats, but I stitched one myself um, with some rainbow football-related logos on it. And 
bunch of the girls and staff around the club liked that and got asked to yeah make the Guernsey pretty soon after after last season. But I yeah come from an artistic bloodline. My mum's an art teacher mm-hmm. slash artist. So right. my my twin sisters. The same, so it was yeah, a bit out of the box for me, but not not out of the box for the family as a whole. Okay, Ebony, what you've done here is united your group into this mm. jumper because you you say it says here that it, your intention was to find something that reflects everyone in your group in its design. So, as the announcement report Adelaide says, there's the olives because of Emily Borg's favourite food being olives, and you say it's weird and cute. I get all this in the airplane yep. because Maria Maloney's <laughs> in the air force. Toothpaste was interesting because two of your teammates are dental nurses. Now, why have you been modest and not put yourself into this jumper where we all know about you and the Rubik's Cube? I would have thought you would have got the Rubik's Cube in here. I'd, I'd put a few on. I already had the hat on there that I like, and I'd, I'd put a unicycle on there. So yeah. I, I did put some things that are a bit unique to me on there as well. But you're synonymous now with the Rubik's Cube. I would have thought it surely had to be on this jump. Well, maybe not for everyone. I, I do remember that oh. you're quite a wizard with us. Tell us what you can do with the Rubik's Cube. Smash it. <laughs> no, it just keeps my hands busy before a game. Um, that we've got, I know there's a bunch of players in the league that can can do them, and even Ash Saint, teammate. Uh, um, oh, yeah, just Saint now. Um can can smash one out as well, but it's just a good pre-game that keeps me on the ball, keeps me busy, doesn't doesn't make me too nervous. So right. well, not at, as hard as you might think. As I said, <laughs> I watched it on the news last night, and I'm looking at a picture of the jumper now, and what is quite significant is where the white V normally goes, there are two hands clasping, and it looks quite powerful. Explain the significance of that. Yeah, that was originally in the design, just part of the background, and then I had it under the V, and then graphic designer Rach came in and thought, oh, we might actually be able to make this part of the V and got that across the line with the board. So super stoked with how that's turned out. But that was just sort of a symbolism of, of unity and the diversity of our group sort of coming together and yeah, embracing each other for what makes them unique. Well, congratulations on the jump. You've done a wonderful job. But at the end of the day, it's the W's that matter. And you've struggled to get that's them right. this year. Uh, you, you lost one to the West Coast that you should have won. You had a draw on the weekend when you're in a winning position. How's the mood down at the club? Yeah, well, it's hungry. We want to win more. And we're at the moment one win, one draw, which is how we finished last season. And we got two more games, but we got wins up for grabs. So if we can get a couple more Ws on the board, obviously we'll be pretty stoked and, yeah, really hungry to attack those last two games and get the wins. So, Benny, what's been challenging? We know what's been on the scoreboard and it's always been more behinds than goals. But what's been actually challenging in the game this year to take the next step? just that consistency we're, we're playing in patches of good footy and playing patches of the mm. footy we want to play in our style but we're just not being able to consistently bring that for four quarters every game and yeah that's that's hurting us and obviously the conversion rate of goals mm. behind hasn't been what we wanted it to either but just yeah being able to string four quality quarters together so when you sit down as a group what do you find as a common theme at the moment that's holding you back um sort of same again it's just we know we can do it and we've shown in at times when we play our brand that we can get score on the board quickly and we can Mm. be an exciting team to watch um so it's just being able to execute that and be switched on and play our way from the start and keep it going all the way to the final quarter we understand at the beginning there's the whole the greatest term now used in football is about connection so you've had another pre-season how's the connection factor going for you yeah, definitely building. And we have some new faces come in, but mm. those new faces have brought a lot of experience and that naturally leads to, to greater connection. And um, our young girls have stepped up and they're still building that and we're, we're still working together. But we're certainly, 
better than we were in the connection space last season. And certainly our, our forward line was a big place for growth and that's starting to come together and we can mm. see when we get it in there um, how much more productive our forwards have, have been this season. So we're still building connection, but, yeah, definitely better than we were. Well, you take on the Hawks this Sunday, 4.35 at Kinetic Stadium, so you've got an away game, but it's a winnable game. They're sitting in 14th position at the moment with just the two wins for the season. So this is a real opportunity. You can actually go up the ladder quite significantly if you can win this game. Yeah, we see it as that too. Um, we had a close game against them last season. They came into the competition at the same time as us, and we played them yeah, down at Frankston last year, similar time. So, yeah, we're hoping we can better that result and certainly see it as a winnable game. I, I keep shaking my head whenever the AFL or AFLW does a fixture. So now you have two games against Hawthorne <laughs> on the road and you still haven't hosted them at home. No, and there's a handful of games we still won't have played at the end of this season either, but that's yeah, just yeah, strange, part of having more teams than there are games, but strange. we'll get there. It is strange. Well, Eb, we wish you all the very best. Congratulations on the uh, jumper design. It's an absolute ripper, and let's hope mm. you can get the four points on the weekend. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. No, Thanks, don't everyone. leave yet. We're going to give you a $100 IGA voucher. Thanks to IGA Supermarkets supporting women in sport for great saves and local phase. Visit your nearest uh, IGA. Stay on the phone and Sammy, our producer, will look after you there. And we ask everyone, what section of the IGA store would you go to first oh, with on. that? Good Barossa girl. Where do you think she's going? Well, it could be Maggie Beerstand <laughs> or not. Golden North. Oh, that's not in the Barossa. <laughs> it's a, it's a Claire. Oh, is it the Mid-North? Oh, okay. Where, where would you go, Ed? Or can I play it safe and just say I'll go to the fruit and veg section? Oh, like really oh boring. Everyone <laughs> says that. Everyone says that. Stay on the line, Ebony. We've got a $100 IGA voucher for you. And all the best on the weekend. Wonderful. Thanks very much. All right. We've got to get into an ad break, Roocher. That's amazing what people read into how we carry on with our banter, Roocher. A text has just come through from Joe. He thinks, oh, Joe. He, he thinks he's onto something. Oh. He said, hi, Kimbo. I noticed Roach finally started giving you back a bit of your own medicine yesterday by using your name in analogies, and you didn't like it one bit. <laughs> you actually got a bit sooky about it. Oh, gosh. Yeah, people are just joining us. Roach was using me as an example if players get sacked, and I said, Roach, I, I did get sacked. It's a, it's a bit sensitive still. Oh, uh, Joe, it's humour. You need How to find... How many years is it now? Yeah, well, oh, I was on, joking. Kim. Joe was born without a funny bone. Love you, Joey boy. You can have your say. One 300 The all-new Hyundai Kona is here. Bigger and bolder. Discover more at your local Hyundai showroom. A Balfour's in one hand and your team's colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Rooch. Nearly 4.17, big thank you to Hyundai, the all-new Hyundai Kona, Imagine to be bold. Just a reminder, we'll be live out at uh, Nailsworth Hyundai on Main North Road tomorrow, Rooch. If anyone's popping by, looking to buy a car, say g'day. Prospect Oval-wise, yes. Yeah, across the road from there. Look forward to that. Oh, good. Go and see your picket before we do the show. Oh, right, that'd be great. I think it's been defaced. Do you like me to take a photo of it? I think it's been defaced. I'll clean it up yeah. for you. I think Joe got to it. Hey, <laughs> we're also here thanks to Brasilia Coffee. We'll talk, uh, tell you more about that mm. next week. A lot of texts coming through. This one says, lads, nearest the pin, Australia bat and uh, win with 369 runs. Also, I didn't catch the show Monday. I haven't heard. Must have been close with nearest the pin against Pakistan. Cheers, Johnny from Prospect. John, we announced that on Monday you were the winner. I think oh. you've gone for the exact same score. You're only two runs off. 
They made 367. So you've won yourself a $100 IGA voucher. Uh, Bumfluff Benny's been off crook, so mm. he'll get that voucher to you or Sammy Fantasia will organise that. But you're definitely a winner, so congratulations. Um, here's another one that says, uh, this is from Chopsy, stop playing juvenile games, Rucci. Australia makes up 0.02% of the world population. The biggest sports are football and cricket. When we're talking about in Australia, Chopsy. Hey, I think, people, I think, we, all, I think we all understand that if you mm. were to take one sport in the Australian landscape and say which one of that has the greatest interest around the world, it's clearly going to be of the football codes. It is soccer. We understand that. But I always love what the Kevin Sheedy used to say. We are a very lucky country. We mm. have four football codes that are well supported. Now, rugby needs a bit of help. Hello, Eddie Jones. Oh, yeah. Left up a cut moment. <laughs> rugby league has made some... Marvellous advances I, recently. I wouldn't call Eddie a great marketing tool for the code no. at the moment. Hey, nearest the pin, Australia to win with and make 248 runs. That's from Phil. Good on you, Phil. Hi, gents. Uh, thinking Australia will score 273. Hopefully we get the win. My brother-in-law is a filthy Dutchman. <laughs> well, I'm only reading it. Uh, I'd never be able to face him again. That's from John Young. Johnny Young. Young talent on. Uh, we, we lost to the Netherlands once. Well, it might happen again, Bruce. I hope not. Australia to win uh, and we'll make 301 runs. That's from Linny Lou. Hey, Roots, change yes. of pace. Yes. Neil Balm. Good man. Oh, you're a great man. Uh, always very understated and matter of fact. Uh, what do you think his reaction is to them losing Ivan Soldo? We move on. All right. Well, let's have a listen. Here's Balmy talking about Soldo's move to Port Adelaide. You know, if a player says he really wants to leave, you've got to listen to him, whereas once you said, do what you're bloody told. And probably Ivan <laughs> Soldo is a good um, um, idea of that, how it worked. He had a contract with us he had a year ago. He'd been battling a little bit with injury, but he played pretty well towards the last year, so the end of last year. So we were really keen to keep him. And if it had been the old days, we would have just said, do what you're bloody told. You've got a contract and play it out. And that's kind of what we said. But clearly... Port came to him and said, look, you know, we can see a great future for you. Richmond's good for you, but, you know, they've, they've put up with a bit in terms of not having you to play. You know, maybe you'll do a better deal for us. You know, and I don't know what they offered him, but you can see they would have offered him longer yep. term and probably more money, etc. So he's at least interested in that, and they've been able to, you know, rightly or wrongly tell him that we reckon you'll be our number one ruckman, and that'll have to work itself out. So we actually took that into account. We were prepared to say play a contract out but when it got to a point that they were prepared to give us something that we thought was at least reasonable in return we went back to him and said what do you really want to do and he said well look I, I want to take this opportunity if I can. Uh, he's left a little bit out here Neil. Oh has he? Well a year earlier mm -hmm. Soldo was shopped to GWS. Yep. So Soldo's attitude in all this was well if you're going to shop me I'm entitled to shop myself of course. and I've got Port Adelaide showing a great bit of interest. You can hold me to that contract if you wish, but this time next year, I'm out. Mm. So you make the choice. Am I more value to you now on the trade table today, like you tried to do with me at GWS a year mm -hmm. ago? And, yeah, it worked out for Richmond. But I it's think an interesting dynamic, this one. What does a contract really mean? And at what point, like we spoke about yesterday, do the clubs start saying, if players are going to tear up contracts in our face, we should have the same right and have free trading? Well, people are saying that's not far away, Roach. Mm. Hey, we've got time to do this as well, but uh, I 
I'm sort of hesitant to do it because we keep giving it oxygen. But the Bartlett-Goodwin-Melbourne oh. Football Club saga, the leaks that keep getting out to the Herald Sun and they're in our paper today. Now, we're talking about something that happened three years ago. I know there's litigation between Bartlett, the former president, and people that are on the board now. Yep. But, and uh, members of newspapers. Yeah, but Gary Lyon, who's obviously aligned to the Melbourne Football Club yes. and does breakfast with uh, Tim Watson on our network, SEN in Melbourne, had his say this morning about the leaks to the Herald Sun. Look, the way I'm reading it, this is a man, in this case, Glenn Barlett, who's prosecuting this case via the media, right? And this, and in this instance, the Herald Sun. The leaking to the Herald Sun has been undeniable. Like, I don't think you can look at it any other way, Sam, um, the level of detail that's been afforded to them. So, so you're saying Glenn Barlett has leaked the minutes that's the way I'm reading it. to the Herald Sun? Well, I, well, not the minutes, but whether it's him or his camp or his, uh, his legal team, yep. um, I, I don't think there's any denying of that. Ooh. Remember the last time someone said that they got a legal letter. That's mm. a yeah, it's fair accusation, mm. isn't it? But uh, well, it's not really a long bow, is it? I'm also still intrigued about how Gillan McLaughlin got involved in this mm. three years ago. Well, he was approached yes. by the Melbourne Football Club. Yes, good that Simon won a premiership to put it all on his perspective, didn't he? Yeah, and Kate Robbie, the now president, yeah. stood very firmly alongside of him. Uh, how do you go with Robbo's? Uh, article today that she has been incredibly silent. Well, totally silent. Why hasn't she been on the front foot defending her footy? Well, club? I think it just gives it oxygen. Like I said, okay, the more yeah. people talk about it. These but are things from three years ago. And plus, is she involved in the litigation? I think she No, but is. there are other broader issues. Mm. The Oliver, Smith, all that. Surely at some point as the club president, you have to step forward. And we saw that with Sonia Hood at North Melbourne. Well, but she the did club, that I know, but the club has released statements in regards to Oliver, and it, they're, they're saying he needs his privacy to. Yeah, but there are now. There, but there's all this. I mean, Max Gorn gets hit up. Mm. Uh, really, surely the club president has to now step up and say, "Look, this is where we're at." If you're going to bring up cultural issues, I can tell you this club is that. Uh, Sonia Hood did it beautifully well, for North I, Melbourne. I think they have done it though. Hmm. I would have thought it was her role as club president to be on the front foot. Mm. Uh, let's go to a break, Rooch. It's 4.24. The all-new Hyundai Kona is here. Bigger and bolder. Discover more at your local Hyundai showroom. A Balfour's in one hand and your team's colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Rooch. 429, we're here thanks to Brasilia Coffee. Stay grounded, make the perfect cup of coffee with Brasilia Coffee. We'll tell you more about Brasilia next week. Quick text, Rouge. Uh, here's a clever man, Tom from Cummins. He says, hi, gents. I don't think it'll win or happen. This is nearest the pin. But the Netherlands to win, Australia to score 230. Well, it's happened before. 1964, the Australians had just completed the Ashes, one-off game against the Netherlands. They put 197 on the board. Mm-hmm. And the men in orange mowed it down, including two sixes in the final over that they needed. Really? Was Bobby Simpson captain then? Yes. Yeah, he should have been sacked. Aye. Aye. Hey, let's change pace just really quickly. Uh, on the breakfast show this morning with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh, they spoke to Port Adelaide recruit Jordan Sweet. He spoke about when Port first showed some interest. Started probably mid-year. Um, Josh and I, Josh Carr, pretty close. Um, that mid-year, he... Um, got in touch with me, I got in touch with him, just sort of pushed it, pushed the envelope a bit and see what was see what was going on. Um, and then it all just panned out from there, I guess. 
And, of course, you mentioned a long time ago that Josh Carr was the man behind that. The uh, one time there would have been outrage at such a phone call, Kim. Oh, yes, yes. Now they tour clubs mid-season, Kim. Remember the poor Western Bulldog player who got towered up for going to Collingwood mid-season? Have a look. Yeah, I'm just trying to think who it was. Jong. Then John, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yeah. Well, well done, Roach, and well done on saying the Orange team as well. We're heading to oh, Delhi like next. That, did you? Oh, <laughs> the all-new Hyundai Kona is here. Bigger and bolder. Discover more at your local Hyundai showroom. A Balfour's in one hand and your team's colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and the Roach. Thirty-five. We're into the home stretch, and we're here thanks to Hyundai, the all-new Hyundai Kona. Imagine to be bold. We're heading to Delhi in about thirty seconds' time to have a chat to Bharat Sundarasan. But right now, let's have a listen to the Australian captain Mitch Marsh about not taking Netherlands too lightly. I think every game from here on is really important for every team that's in the World Cup. Um, we've seen some teams that have lost a couple. Um, uh, and as I said earlier, there's, there's no easy games in this World Cup and um, yeah, whoever holds that trophy in a couple of weeks' time will be deserve a winners because um, every game's high pressure. It's a World Cup. Um, you're playing in front of the amazing Indian fans that are so passionate um, and it's been a great experience. But um, yeah, every game there's high pressure and high stakes. And there'll be plenty of passion in Delhi today and that's where we're heading. Bharat Sundarasan joins us now. Hello, Bharat. Uh, good afternoon, guys. Uh, yeah, there's always passion in Delhi. Passionate lot in the city. Uh, you don't want to be messing around with them. But uh, you know me. I'm a friendly, affable guy. I never get into trouble here. No, <laughs> no. We won't mention what happens in the north of England with you, Barat. But good luck with that when you go to pubs again <laughs> there. Now, it is 60 years since the Netherlands beat Australia in a one-day game. History doesn't repeat tonight, does it? Uh, you wouldn't think so. Uh, oh. like, um, uh, when you look at like major events, major World Cups, uh, Australia had that one team who rarely lose uh, to a lower-ranked side. Uh, oh. You go back in time, yes, they lost to Zimbabwe in the 1983 World Cup, and Zimbabwe again in the <clears throat> inaugural World T20 in 2007. Yep. But apart from that, not only do they not lose, uh, they also rarely are run uh, too close by uh, any of these other teams. So as good as the Netherlands have been, um, I would be surprised if in Australia are hugely troubled by them. But having said that, you know, we speak of upsets. Uh, uh, Logan uh, Van Beek spoke to us after uh, Mitch Marsh did. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they're even looking at any of these games or if they do win as an upset. They beat South Africa, but they kind of take pride in the, their preparation. And look, credit to them. Uh, they A lot of them have played together for a while. There is a lot of professionalism within this side. And they posted some really massive wins in yeah. the last three months. In the qualifiers, against West Indies, against Scotland, and like we saw the other night against South Africa. But even in the other games, they have competed unlike mm. some other teams. So, Barrett, we were a bit surprised by your response when we asked you what would happen if, with the toss in the game against Pakistan. Now, when yes. Australia's got a net run rate of minus 193, and it could be decisive in getting third or second spot, depending on how it all plays out, do you assume the best thing that Australia could do tonight is bat first? Uh, you'd think so, especially where, based on where we are playing. Uh, as well. uh, you know, so Delhi, we've seen already in this tournament, uh, you can post big scores here. Mm. Having said that, the duel of Delhi, 
but all does seem around early on with that second new ball. Uh, so which or with the with the new ball in the second innings, I should say. Mm. So I think that's what Australia will uh, try to do. Uh, you know, they that, that option was taken away from them last week in Bangalore or uh, a few days ago in Bangalore. So, uh, but if they do win the toss, I think that's what uh, they'll try to do, and that's what Netherlands will try to do as well. I mean, it's uh, often the the one way you can beat a big team is. Uh, Put on, put runs on the board, and then like put some pressure on them, yeah. like they did against South Africa. Mm. Hey, Barat, it looks like uh, the selectors are very keen to get Travis Head back into that opening lineup. Uh, are you happy with that move, given the way that Marsh has been performing, along with um, David Warner, <laughs> brain fade? Well, yeah. Uh, oh no, <laughs> no, uh, very much so. Uh, 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 you know, look, they've they've kind of in the last eighteen months or so prepared Travis Head for this, like to open with David Warner, with Mitch Marsh at number three for this World Cup. And Mitch Marsh, credit to him in the last two games, has stepped up to that role and batted really well and made that big hundred. Uh, but I think it adds even more dynamism if you have Travis Head opening. Uh, and then Australia can just continue batting at fifth gear with Mitchell Marsh at number mm. three. Um, so I know I like that idea a lot and on Travis Head as well. Like he had a big net session, important net session two days ago. Uh, so he had a bit of a hit against the fast bowlers, it was mainly Sean Abbott. Uh, but then um, he practiced some range hitting. Everybody was spread out, uh, and it took him a while. But then he started hitting some uh, big balls all around the ground uh, at the Firosha Court last. So positive sign. And he didn't train yesterday, but the Australian team management had said uh, it, it, it would depend completely on his session um, two nights ago. So on the basis of that, you would think he comes back in. And if he does come back in, it, they've made it very clear that he will open the batting. So what can we expect from the pitch at the Arun Jaitley Stadium in Delhi? Um, I still call it the Fidusha Kotla, strangely. But yeah, um, <laughs> it's, uh, look, it, it is a little bit pretty flat. It's not as small uh, so as playing playing area, as small playing area as the Shinaswami in Bangalore, but uh, it is small enough. Um, and uh, we, like I said earlier, already in this tournament, we've seen some big scores being posted and big scores being chased down. It's here that Sri Lanka posted the world record. Uh, mm-hmm. Pakistan chased down the big total against Sri Lanka. So, um, yeah, runs to be had. Uh, the ball will come on. Uh, but as we've seen the trend throughout this World Cup, um, it's, batting kind of gets difficult once you enter the death overs. The last 10 overs have... Uh, arguably been the toughest to bat in uh, as compared to the first 10 overs. So expect a bit of that as well. Is it good or bad that England, last, uh, the, the World Cup holders, are sitting in the second to bottom at oh, the moment? Is it good, bad, cheek, or yeah. doesn't matter? Cheek, yeah. uh, well, is it good for the tournament, though? Ah. Um, well, I think it's not good for the tournament, no. I'll be honest. Like, you know, uh, England, England have redefined one-day cricket, a wide ball cricket in the last six or so years, but... Having said that, like you know, you can see a lot of them are struggling with not uh, having a very nuanced view of 50 over cricket. They don't play it very often, do they? Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, the, to go beyond the first four over spells and like you know, to bowl spells that uh, where they can uh, sustain some pressure has been the problem. That's why they've conceded so many runs. And with the batting, it doesn't seem to be much of a plan. They had that big win against Bangladesh, but apart from that, whatever plan they've had has collapsed. So. Uh, no, I think they're still a very dangerous side. Uh, and if any team can come back from the position they're in right now, it would be, be the single side. I mean, look at look at that batting lineup, right? Bairstow, mm. Root, Butler, Milan, and so many others. So, 
Uh, and you know Ben Stokes will have something special up his sleeve at some point. So uh, I wouldn't rule out England completely already. But yeah, I mean, it is looking very, very difficult from where they are. They have a big game against India. That will pretty much decide if they stay or not. Well, What's the pressure like on the host nation, India? Not affecting them. <laughs> a lot, but it'll, it'll just get even more. Like, see, it's a given almost in India that they'll make the semifinals, even yeah, before the yeah. tournament begins. Yep. Uh, I think the pressure, because they've failed so many times in the last 10 years in that mm. semifinal final stage, I think the pressure will really be turned up to, uh, you know, beyond fever pitch once they get to the knockout. And that'll mm. be the big challenge. Can they uh, get over that uh, hoodoo of sorts that they've hung over their head? Uh, in knockout games in the last 10 years. Talking about hoodoos, will there be any for Australia? Last time they played at this stadium was earlier this year in the second Border Gavaskar test, mm. and uh, they were flogged in two and a half days. They were, but it was the venue of missed opportunities, right? They could easily, or they should have won that test match. Uh, going into the third mm. morning, they were in such a strong position with the bat, and they just like uh, were blown away or they collapsed. And then, uh, yeah, in and which, look, if they had won here, in all likelihood, they might have won the series with the base, on the basis of how they played in indoor. Uh, that's not how these things work out. But just uh, that's how they will view this. And almost, yeah, a chance to kind of redeem themselves at a venue where, um, yeah, things didn't go to plan earlier this year. Brad, is this World Cup increasing the appetite to get one-day games reinvigorated when touring Sessions because they're falling away behind the T20. We understand that because it's you know, quick yeah. sport. Test matches, we know where they stand. But where's the one day coming out of all this World Cup? Uh, look, I think firstly, from a very financial business sense, it is a lot of money to be made uh, from a broadcaster point of view, a sponsor point of view, because it is a longer day's play than a test match. Yeah, like hundred overs. So you're talking eight hours of cricket and most of it is on prime time. So mm. I think, I don't think one day cricket will just go away. Look, in terms of interest, it's so subjective. Like I know a lot of people are, are writing off the format and talking about the crowds and, you know, the lack of interest and all of that. Yeah. Just wait till the last, let's, let's wait till the last 10 days of this tournament. Okay. And that's how these long tournaments work, right? Like they, suddenly something, we have an exciting finish and people will forget what happened in the first few weeks and the lack of excitement and only focus on that last bit. I mean, look at the last World Cup. Like, you know, people talk about the greatest final of all time and Ian Smith's uh, great lines and all of that. Mm. But that was a pretty dull World Cup as well leading into the last mm. leg. So I think okay. we should just be a little more patient with it. Uh, but I, uh, look, I, we'll, we'll have to wait. Well. Like, the fact is that one-day cricket uh, it is a fading force, but it's not going away. For yeah. sure, that's too much money to be made. What about this uh, longer World Cup schedule? Do you mm. like this? Um, I mean, I look, I like it from the point of view of everybody has to play everybody to like you know even mm. earn the right to play in the semi-finals. So it works out like that. But we know that this is the last time we're going to get this format. It's going back to 14 teams from 2027, which is good. I mean, which is good because we'll get to see some of these other teams like Netherlands and uh, you know Scotland and those teams who generally miss out. Uh, but also having said that, like they won't they won't get to play much uh, one-day cricket between World Cups. The Super League has been uh, dissolved, so uh, it, it is. It's, look, it is at an interesting stage. I know they're having their big meeting in November to discuss the future of 50-year cricket. I'd be shocked if it goes away. Uh, it will stay in some form, but again, I don't think we'll see as many one days being played as we were used to back in the day. That number is dropping anyway. Yeah. So head comes back in tonight. We believe uh, is it Labashain that goes out. 
Yeah, I would think so. I mean, that would be a direct swap. Uh, you know, Marsh goes to uh, one down and Smith pushes uh, push down to number six, number four. And after that, it's just the rest of the team just picks itself. All right, we're doing a nearest the pin. You haven't won the prize yet. It's $100 thanks to IGA. And given that you live here in South Australia, you'll be able to come by and pick up the voucher if you get it right. Who wins tonight and how many runs does Australia make? That's the question. I think I thought I won last time because you, I said 328 and they made 368. But anyway. Yeah, well, there, were um, about, there were about 20 people closer than you. We had one person, John from Prospect, was two runs off Barat. All right, fine. You don't have to throw technicalities in my face. But yeah, I, think, uh, the, I think Australia will win this and I think they'll make, uh, I'm going to say, 359. All right, so we win the toss and we're batting first. Okay. All right, Barat, uh, enjoy your time over there. We look forward to your coverage and we'll speak to you again. Take care. Good luck, Barat. Right, cheers, guys. Yeah, have a great day. Bye. We will. He's a good man. Hey, talking about the longer World Cup schedule, Mitch Marsh had this to say about it. It's been spoken about a lot for a lot of teams. Um, and I feel as though the, the schedule and the amount of cricket played is the same for every team that's here. Um, India probably played the most cricket out of anyone. Um, and I guess from our point of view and from my point of view, it's leaning on experience of the past. Um, we've got a, a team full of a lot of experience at the moment, um, guys who play 12 months of the year for the last probably six or seven years. So um, we're not in unfamiliar territory. Um, and the vibe in our team, whilst we had a slow start and we were put under, under pressure at times, um, the vibe's great. Um, you know, we've played really good cricket the last two games and hopefully that's the case tomorrow. So. Um, there's a big carrot dangling for us in a couple of weeks' time and, um, yeah, our vibe's high. We're playing good cricket now and um, we're looking forward to tomorrow. Australia's reluctant captain doing a great job. Hey, because we're parochial and we love Travis Head, this is uh, Mitch again talking about Heady. Very happy to go back down to three. I've obviously batted there a lot over the last couple of years, so um, I feel really comfortable at three and... Um, if, you know, when, if and when Hedy comes back in, um, I think that's the best position, position for me to play for this team. I'm not sure who he'll replace at this stage, but um, I, I presume that if he's fit and he gets through today that he'll play, but um, that decision will be made tonight. <laughs> he did, uh, crack, how this works, yeah, he, did he did crack a joke about David Warner dropping down. Yeah, right. And then, right. He, then he had to yeah. say very quickly, I'm joking, yeah. I'm, I'm joking. Hey, some breaking news. Now, I asked you earlier... Where are we going with when we get a match review officer putting Brittany Goodnick straight to the tribunal, which yep. you take as a serious thing and you usually expect a heavy suspension. And then you get the tribunal dismissing it because we know that this was what we would consider an appropriate tackle yep. in the AFLW game. And I ask you the question, when does your action become superseded by the consequence of your action in mm. a tribunal? So the AFL has now reviewed the tribunal hearing and found that while it is not comfortable with the verdict it will not appeal it but here's the critical answer to what we were debating earlier Kim the AFL acknowledges that the tackling question resulted in Shepard suffering a concussion Mm. and the AFL reiterates that the health and safety of players are the AFL's priority accordingly accordingly Kim the incident in addition to other incidents which did not result in suspensions this year will be the subject to close examination at the end of the season. So they're going to tighten that loophole, so to speak. Actions and consequences. Consequences, mm. yeah. That's uh, going to be tough on players, Kim. Uh, well, it is. Uh, you second-guess yourself. It was, it was a brilliant tackle.
And what happens when you tackle. second guess? What is the usual well, thing yeah, if you create more trouble? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, text coming through while you're talking saying it was a bloody fantastic tackle. It was. It was a ripping tackle. But um, when you then get a concussion at the end of it and the AFL is incredibly sensitive to what is going to be the fallout of concussion, I know. they're now going to virtually rewrite the rules to say, we're not going to judge you on your actions, we're going to judge you on your consequences of your actions. Just trying to find a couple of texts that came through earlier on that, Rooch. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't find them. We've had that Are many. you comfortable with that? What the AFL just said? What they're about to do, clearly. Oh. That's what they've put it on notice. Well, how do you know? Accordingly. Yeah, but how do, you, how do you know? I, no, I, I won't be happy if uh, that tackle gets a suspension. It's going to be an interesting down sport. The track. It's going to be no. if, if you're going to be suspended every time you do a perfect football act that leads to a concussion, you're right. People are going well, to second guess. Yeah, There's going to be know, more Rich, trouble. I said this 15 years ago, I think, on Double A, or it might have been on Triple M, and people thought I was cracking a gag, but I was serious. Uh, so a football action is going for a high-flying mark and putting your knee forward. And if you put that in the back of someone's skull and break their skull, yeah, you're going to be held liable yeah, for Yeah, if it's actions and consequences. And uh, I think that's where we're going to get eventually. So it's going to look a very different sport when we're six foot under, Rooch. Yes, I don't think it would take that long, though, Kim. Really? No. You're reading that, got, got reading that statement, I think they're about to... Oh, I thought you meant that before you're six foot under. I thought, right, I'll, I'll get those mountains a bit quicker than I planned to. Mm. Uh, here's a question, Rich, from Ricky G up in Cairns. He's a regular. G'day, Ricky. Uh, could Sweet and Soldo play together? Soldo more time forward? Uh, could Burton feel Dersma's wing? How quick is Burton? Ooh, not quick enough, I don't think. Have you sat down to do a Port Adelaide lineup for next year if everyone's fit? No. no Some interesting decisions to be made there, Kim. Season's just finished. I was right? actually staggered. I saw one, and you know, everyone's doing it. Everyone's mm. team, you know, best 22 after the trade period. But one I saw, not sure which side it was, had DBJ, Darcy Byrne Jones on a wing. I can't see him on a wing. No, but then again, you couldn't see him up forward, but I, I, I wouldn't think so. I still like wingmen that can actually uh, are good in the air. Bergman. Well, yeah. It just Miles gives you, you you kick to a one-on-one, a 50-50 contest, mm. and uh, you know it turns 60-40 if he's strong in the air. Yeah. Um, here's well, another text. Well, that could be very significant. Yeah, Dave says, hi, boys. Love your work. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Dave. Uh, Australia win, batting last, uh, 189 runs. Clever man. I like it. Australia Clever to win, uh, 142 runs. No one name on that one. Beats from the Bay. Beats, he says, gentlemen, nearest the pin. Australia to win if they bat first, 400. Otherwise, more than the other mob. <laughs> you can't have an each-way bet. He's right, though. We've got you in at 400. We know where more you're coming from. Mob. That's the orange team. Look, we appreciate all the... Um, oh, here we go. This topic is so dull, I need 15 coffees to stay awake. <laughs> and that's not Mario. Um, that, I think, was... What time was that? That was at uh, 20 to 4. Based on the NRL and AFL yeah, debate which is as to which is sport. the biggest sport in Australia. Yeah. Um, oh, well... <laughs> Yeah, we we got plenty of texts on it. What about lawn bowls, Richie? Exactly. You, you jack of all trades. Yeah, it says. lawn bowls are very big sport. Yeah, but that's not the context it's set in, though, is it? No. Uh, boys, I'll take the bait. Netherlands to win. Australia to score 302, failing to chase the runs down from Phil. That would be an interesting match. All right, that's for $100. Here's another one. Australia win and get 358. Matthew from Manopara mm. West. Uh, g'day, fellas. Australia to win and score on almost Richie Benno. Three for... 2-2, Wayno from Renown Park. Hey, Rich, we're nearly done. Look, um, thank you to all the texts. I'm trying to find a few that aren't competition-related. 
Uh, that's a rude one, Modbury Mac. I'm not reading that one. It's about Quentin de Kock. <laughs> People's imaginations run wild there. Oh, we do dear. have to be responsible sometimes. Oh, dear. Um, look, we're done. I was trying to find that text from earlier. Look, appreciate all the correspondence. We'll be back to do it again tomorrow. You left much doubt on that text yeah, now, have thank you? Thank you. Big thank you to Beaumont <laughs> Tiles, too. They're a ripping company. And get uh, into their competition for the Super Bowl. Yeah. November 12 is the cutoff date. Yeah, it's worth $70,000. Just shop in store at Beaumont's before November the 12th. Have a great Wednesday evening, Uru. Good luck, everyone, and enjoy your roast dinner tonight. Kim Leanne treats you too kindly. Thank you, Ruth.